You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. I don't know who needed that the most, us to have the fans in there cheering for us or the fans or the city of Lincoln, but it's been too long. Uh, the stadium wasn't full, but, man, there was there was a lot of people in there. And the sooner we get back to normal, the better for everybody. And, uh, man, that was a good first step in the right direction. So thank you to the fans, and I know it, it adds a lot to the player experience and coaching experience when, when they're in there. So we appreciate you. It's crazy just seeing people back in the stands walking out of the tunnel walk. It, it, it was like last year, you didn't see anybody, but you know, the little camera crews and, and everything goes, but it wasn't, you know, uh, exciting. You know, of course, you know, you had the team's energy from both sides, but the, the fans' energy is something else, and we needed that, and you felt it when you walked into the stadium today. Yeah, you know, I think we showed out today. It really showed the growth that uh, we made during the spring ball. I mean, we had a lot of three and outs, which was great to see. And like, like we said, like we've been talking about this whole spring, uh, I mean, it's there. The growth is there. We've seen it. And we, I think we proved it today. And welcome here to this post-spring ball edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and Nate Klaus here as we'll unpack what we saw Saturday. And honestly, guys, I don't think we learned a, a, a ton. But I think anytime you get in the stadium and, and get people around and, and you, you play for over 100 plays, you learn something. And I, I still think the story, though, for Saturday – was getting 36,400 people in the stadium at the time of kickoff. It was the third largest gathering, um, you know, in, in the country since COVID's happened. You think about that. Um, Alabama spring game had 47,000. I've been told that was not 47, but that's what they announced it at. The Texas Rangers political COVID party game had 38,000. And then there's the Nebraska spring game. You know, one of these things is not like the other. And Nebraska – you know, you hear people, oh, it should have been more. But when you put it in context, it is really quite remarkable. That was the third largest gathering in the United States of America, potentially the world since COVID. I don't know. I can't say that confidently on the world. But mm -hmm. um, in, in North America, that was the third largest gathering. Um, and, and that, to me, just getting the fans back in there, you almost forget what has been lost um, over this last year. Yeah. Saturday will go down as one of, if not the most memorable spring game, uh, certainly of my lifetime, uh, and maybe even beyond that, and it had nothing to do with what went on in the field. The, the, the scrimmage itself was pretty much meaningless. The fact that they didn't even tackle until the third quarter, you throw all that stuff out the window. But what you take away is the entire experience from, the, from sunrise to sunset, how good it felt to get back to some football normalcy where – People were tailgating before the game, walking around the stadium. The rail yard was They had popping. concessions going. They had the band in the stands. You know, even if it was only, you know, 36,000, you know, it still felt it felt bigger than that compared to what we went through last year in a completely barren stadium with just a few parents sprinkled in there. Uh, and then after the game, you know, our offices, the Husker Online office is down in the, the post office downtown. And just looking out the window, it felt like a 
2019 Saturday in September with uh, the music blaring from the rail yard, people walking around, sometimes stumbling around. And, you know, it, it was a party and it was a celebration, not just of the spring game, but uh, a return of something that means so much to this fan base, this city, and the, this entire state. And the, that is what is going to make this, like I said, uh, one spring game that I don't think anyone that was around is ever going to forget. Yeah, one of my biggest takeaways was just how happy everyone was, you know, walking to the stadium before the game and, and you know, leaving the stadium afterwards. All you heard were, you know, people having a good time, uh, laughing and, and uh, probably partaking in some – um, you know some some beverages and whatnot, and I think it's just it was just good for people to get out. And you heard Frost say in the in the open there that it was good for the team too. I think to to have fans in the stands give them a little shot of energy because uh, you know I, I can't imagine what it was like last year playing in an empty stadium. Um, you know, and we've talked about it before when you've got especially with the young guys. You know, they're sold this. You know. Uh, playing in front of the greatest fans in the country and, and, you know, consecutive sellouts and so on and so on. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, the, the pandemic hits and, and life is not like it normally would be. And, you know, what they were told is, is definitely not the experience that they were getting last year. And so I think it was probably good for a lot of those guys to kind of be reminded, hey, look, you know, things are getting back to normal and, and this is going to be close to, you know, or, or a glimpse of what you're going to be playing in front of in the fall. Yeah, one of the things that jumped out to me in our videos that Greg uh, Peterson produced um, at the, the sights and sound feature he put out, at the very end of it, the last part of it, you see Omar Manning getting called over, Omar, Omar, and all these little kids handing him things to sign an <laughs> autograph. Omar Manning didn't get that last year. He didn't even really understand what it meant to play for Nebraska last year. And I, I, You have to think, if you're a human being that really has a love for this and you have little boys coming up to you like that, wanting your autograph and you know, looking up to you, like that's going to give Omar Manning a boost now. That May 1st spring game going into the offseason – um, so it, it was little things like that. And I'll say this. I, I think Nebraska, when you look at this roster, it, it's the best roster Frost has had. I, I think in our chat, people wanted us to come out and say it's the best roster Nebraska's had in a while. But I'm not going to say that because Pelini's final teams were, were quality teams. I mean, they won nine, nine games or ten games you know, down the stretch the last couple of years of the Pelini era. They had a lot of NFL talent on those teams. So I'm not going to jump the gun and say Nebraska is better than those teams because they're not right now. They've got to prove it. But I think the parts are there. The pieces are there. And we saw that. We just know the schedule and kind of what's ahead, and it will not be easy. Yeah, I mean, they got a chance to be. I mean, you look at, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that's as deep of a defense as you know we've seen in some time. Certainly, probably going back to Pelini, uh, and then you know the offense with the fourth-year star quarterback. Uh, you know, an offensive line that, on paper, especially with recruiting profile, has uh, been very well built over the past three years. I mean, so they they got a lot to work with, and now uh, the pieces are in place. Uh, the excuses are officially off the table. This is Scott Frost's team in every sense, and it's his best team in every sense, and now it's time for them to go do something with it and win some games and take this program to the next level. Yeah, and for the most part, they've got depth, too, to uh, to kind of make it through a season. You know, you know, I think over the last few years, if they missed a guy here or someone got nicked up or, or you know, 
uh, injured to the point. Like Will Honus recently. That, yeah. that would have been a big deal. Yeah, that would have been a huge deal. And now, I mean, they finally have depth to, to where it is next man up. You know, you, we always hear that saying, and coaches talk about it all the time, players talk about it all the time. But now, I mean, I legitimately think that this is a roster that has the depth where if something like that happens, it is the next man up. And, and there's, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of a drop off from your starter to your backups, but you know, not like it has been over the last several years. And uh, one thing I want to get to, Nebraska did add another game to the schedule this week. Fordham will be coming into Lincoln, the home of Denzel Washington. You think Denzel Washington will, will roll in in like his training day car? Um, <laughs> we in the office, baby. Um, in, in the Memorial Stadium and, and represent Fordham? Yeah, either that or he's going to be dressed like uh, the coach and Remember the Titans. Or, oh, yeah. I, I, Denzel Washington's been in so many good movies. Yeah. Um, training day is one of my favorites, but you, know, you, can't, you can't beat Remember the Titans. <laughs> Uh, but Nebraska gets this game for $500,000, $100,000 less than they had to pay. Southeast Louisiana, who I think they're going to try to relocate to another year. I mean, Nebraska what looked like a really hard thing. They came out of this well. It's going to be a blowout game. I mean, but the nice thing is they should be able to have some leeway to get it at night because the, the networks aren't going to pick that up. It will be a BTN game where I think Nebraska hopefully will have some flexibility to say we would prefer this to be a night game and – you know, you can shove it on any of your channels, but you want it at night for the atmosphere, the recruits, et cetera. Well, and just for the psyche of the team, when was the last time Nebraska had a blowout win? You know, Bethune-Cookman a few years ago? I mean, uh, those types of wins where you just feel good about it uh, have been so few and far between that getting something like that, especially conference. yeah, especially opening the year against a tough conference opponent and Illinois, maybe tough is not the right word, but a conference opponent on the road, uh, you, you got to have something to kind of get get your your swagger back a little bit, especially with Oklahoma looming uh, and Buffalo still coming in. So, I mean, uh, they needed a game like that for many reasons, on the field and off. Well, yeah, it, uh, being the recruiting guy, I think that's just huge, the recruiting aspect of all this. If it is a night game, you know, to have that home opener be a night game where – you know, the, the home opener is always you – know, the energy level is always off the charts there. Uh, the atmosphere is always, uh, you know, amazing. I mean, it's good all the time, but the home opener, is, there's an extra buzz around everything. And so if – you know, now this allows them to get a lot of a lot of players in for that weekend. And, and, and if it is a night game, maybe even more than normal. So, um, you know, and, and to have two home games in the month of September instead of just one, that's a big deal. All right, when we come back – uh, we are going to talk more about the offensive storylines that came out of the spring game, including backup quarterback and running back. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.